give thanks. Now, last Sunday was Thanksgiving Sunday here in Canada. Sorry for all any Americans watching. Um, we have ours first, so <laughs> just saying. It's nice. It's not so close to Christmas like yours is. But um, uh, last week we talked, it was the beginning of a journey of how do we give thanks? And let's take a look at what the scriptures say to encourage us because that's not just my words. But before we do, Russ read something from the Gospels and in the lyrics. I don't know if you remember, you know, Jesus on the cross and when he died. We usually read over the one part really fast. And the part where it says people rose from the dead, like came out of the tombs and hit the city. Like, is this, would, why are we only hearing about Jesus raised from the dead? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, it'd be really freaky. I thought we buried you two years ago. Yeah, surprise, I'm back. Like, oh my goodness, like what were they thinking? What could they have been saying? Um, there was a lot going on. And if you were to step back and reread that story, so this Easter, when it, when it comes, reread it slower and see if you can capture the emotions of what could have been going on, because there's a lot. And we're only getting a written part of it. They don't capture everything, they can't. But uh, I thought that was really, really powerful. Uh, okay, things to ponder this week. Every week I've been sharing some thoughts on what makes me ponder. And since we were talking about gratitude and some thoughts, I, these are the couple things that really hit me this week. Now, this is Tony Robbins. Don't freak out on me. Okay, some, some folks, oh, that's Tony. He's not a believer. He's just doing you know, all the stuff for his own stuff. Whatever. You can judge all you want. But certain people have a revelation of a truth whether it's borrowed, made up themselves, original, who cares? But this phrase was really good. When you direct your focus towards gratitude, you'll find true joy and fulfillment. That's really important. That ties in with last week so well. I love this one. It's one of my favorites. Charlie Brown says, Someday we will all die, Snoopy. True, but on all the other days we will not. Perspective. (laughs) Like, think about it. We all know somebody that can either be in a moment of difficult space and have a difficult time seeing positive things. This is a great contrast. I love that. Anyway, that kind of hit me. It was fun. Made me smile. Some of the most generous people have very little money. Some of the wisest people have no education. And some of the kindest people were hurt the most. The reason this one hit me, it was a reminder that we are all included in the love of Christ. And it reminds me we have been raised in a religious system that loves to judge. We've been called to not judge. We've been called to love. And to think only rich people can be generous, that's not true, or only educated people can be wise, that's not true. And of course, you know, you don't have all the happy things of life only happen to you and they're the kindest. No, no, it's the exact opposite. There's wisdom in all of it. So when we judge and say it can only come from one source, to realize, and this last one's probably the, the one that hit me the most, the ones who have great difficulty in their past tend to be the kindest, most compassionate people. Slower to judge, slower to yell, slower to respond negatively. Which, Jesus, is that life and love flowing out of them, whether they know it or not. I love it. Two more. Telling people that God loves them is good theology. Showing people that you love them is what transforms the world. Just let that 
pondered and settled in. I'm not going to dig into that one. That was really good. This is from a former megachurch pastor. Christianity isn't under attack. People are just learning to ask questions and push back when things don't feel right. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, the church is under attack, and oh, no, our freedoms are being attacked. No, they're not. Not at all. I think the love of God's getting bigger and better. And it's penetrating false concepts of who they think he is. And that's being challenged. We're doing that here at Hope Fellowship. It's a safe place to question and challenge and grow and, and kind of wrestle with some tough stuff. We don't have all the answers. And that's okay. We're getting more and more comfortable with mystery. But I love this. So don't, don't think the church is under attack. It's not. What was not true or unchallenged is now being challenged. It's like, um, what was a phrase I've used a lot? I've never been allowed to question the answers growing up, but now I am. And I love it. What is the gospel, if not a major re-imagining of what God is like? And I think this is a big one for me, because I'm still unlearning and still discovering a, the, the wider, deeper love of God in, in so many places I didn't expect to see it. And I tell you, I'm not, less and less I'm getting surprised. Like, okay, yeah, duh, of course. Uh, this, was, this was just really good. Pete Enns, uh, great guy. La, oh, last one, here it is. Zach writes, Jesus didn't welcome outcasts and embrace untouchables to make them acceptable to God. He did to show them and everyone else that God had already accepted them. That is a big, big statement. Henry Nouwen, beautiful devotional. Did you read this one? I hope not. But either way, it doesn't matter. She, she was telling me that, oh, I recognize some of the devotionals because they get the emails because there's kind of like this weekly or daily email that goes out from Henry Nouwen. Now you know where I get it from. But anyway, <laughs> you can sign up too. <laughs> But I love this, because this, I didn't have this last week, of, but it was a different, similar theme. I just want to share this devotional with you. It's really, really good. How can we live a truly grateful <coughs> life? When we look back at all that has happened to us, we easily divide our lives into good things to be grateful for and bad things to forget. Hmm. But with a past thus divided, we cannot move freely into the future. With many things to forget, we can only limp towards the future. True spiritual gratitude embraces all of our past. The good as well as the bad events. The joyful as well as the sorrowful moments. From the place where we stand, everything that took place brought us to this place. And we want to remember all of it as part of God's guidance. That does not mean that all the, that happened in the past was good. But it does mean, I love this line, but it does mean that even the bad things didn't happen outside the loving presence of God. Ooh, love that. Once all of our past is remembered in gratitude, we are free to be sent into the world to proclaim good news to others. Ooh, I love that. There's your sermon. <laughs> Just kidding. Here we go. 
We're getting into it now. Part two, next week will be our last one. Give thanks. This is something we do. Thanksgiving is a nice phrase, but to give thanks, it shows us there's something we get to engage in. We will do. Yeah, but we're under grace. We don't have to do anything anymore. Okay. Yes, you do. There's called the response. Whoa, what about our responsibilities? Uh, You're now able to respond. That's what responsibility implies. Therefore, as we remember the love of God and give thanks, we will do, we will love, we will walk in an attitude of gratitude. Thanksgiving versus thanksgiving or taking. We talked about this last week a little bit. Um, Some people love the thanksgiving part when they get stuff. (laughs) Yes. Um, But the Old Testament is filled with a whole bunch of stories of where thanks Offering, Thanksgiving offerings were given, uh, thanks offerings that were separate from all the other sacrifices that were done. Um, and there were altars that were built to remember, but we're not going to recap all that. So Psalm 50, in three different verses, I want to share some key words. Old Testament still. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God, in the New Living Translation. Make thanksgiving your sacrifice. Why? Because it's hard. If you're going to do a sacrifice, if you know anything about the Old Testament sacrifices, first... Remember Abraham? He had to make his kid carry the wood. Like, you have to make stuff. You have to get the barbecue ready. Like, you have to get the wood ready. Like, there's work involved. And so there's also work and intention involved in being thankful. That means not allowing circumstances to determine your attitude. It takes work to not let those negative things become your attitude. And when you choose to not... That is a sacrifice. You're giving up the natural reaction and choosing thanks. Choosing a better perspective and recognizing God's presence in the stuff you're going through. He's not doing it to you. He's not letting it happen to you. That's a wrong concept of who you think God is. But God is there in the middle of it embracing you. Not absent. Bring me to your true, sincere thanks, or bring me your true, sincere thanks from the Passion Translation. I like the message, spread for me a banquet of praise. <laughs> Love that. Psalm fifty twenty three, New Living says, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Or the Passion Translation says, the life that pleases me is a life lived in the gratitude of grace, always choosing to walk with me in what is right. This is the sacrifice I desire from you. If you do this, more of my salvation will unfold for you or can be revealed. That's cool. There's more to learn. You and I have much, much more to learn about the goodness of God. None of us understand it all. Second Chronicles 33.16. I underlined it so I would remember. But it says, then he restored the altar of the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings and thanksgiving offerings on it. He also encouraged the people of Judah to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. So the story is worth going back and reading. So in 2 Chronicles 33, go back and read the the story yourself. But the restored part, they had a crisis happen. They were in deep trouble. And suddenly they began to remember their past, remember practices that helped them keep their minds on who God was. And so the sacrifices were restored. And the first ones that were restored were thanksgiving and peace. Hmm. I love that. And that comes out of a time of war. 
Colossians 3, 15 to 17. We're going to read this from a couple translations. I love this. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. We are part of one body, the body of Christ. You're not separate from the person sitting beside you or across the room. We are one body. We're not separate from the people upstairs worshiping in the sanctuary upstairs. We are one body. Okay? Like, it's not us versus them. Never has been, never will be, never should be. Let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your lives. The message fill us of his riches. Well, when you recognize who you are in Christ, we're going to cover that next week. We're going to talk about all those things that are already ours and then give thanks for each of those. Next week's going to be fun. It's one of my favorite lists ever. I just can't get enough of it. Um, But that's pretty cool. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So three different types of songs. I remember taking a a worship course with some, I forgot his name now, but it's like a really well-known guy, and he's got books and courses on worship and all that stuff. But it was there that I was first exposed to the idea that these are different types of music. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Hymns would be songs about God. There's room for that. Some people say, well, I want to move to just choruses. I want to move away from all those hymns. Well, you don't realize you need them all. That's why I'm encouraging our worship leaders here to include all of it. You know, don't discard some of the older hymns, the ones that we're familiar with, because there's a familiarity that comes and kind of causes a click in our soul that we, we don't know about until we hear that song and suddenly something clicks. Who knows? But the hymns are more about God. The, the uh, psalms are like our choruses. They're more of the emotional response. It's more of a response to the love of God. And then the um, spiritual songs are more, hopefully you're all by yourself somewhere, quiet, and nobody can see you doing your thing, right? <laughs> or you're in the car worshiping, and you're just making up stuff, and just worshiping however it happens. Sometimes it happens in a large group, and more charismatic circles, that happens for sure. But that's what those songs are. There's room for all of them, and each have value. Instead of just hanging your hat on one, said, this is the one we like, sure, that's the one you're most comfortable with. But don't discount the others, even if Let's say I'm not comfortable with a certain one. I'm not going to discount it. I just know where I have my bent. And that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Just don't make fun of the other ones because there's value to them. You'll suddenly create a distance, us versus them, if you do that. Message translation says it like this. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing and call. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the master, Jesus. Thanking God the Father every step of the way. Do we do that? Do we give thanks every step of the way? Um, Sometimes, depends on our mood. 
But the more we hear this, the more this penetrates our mind, may it eventually become the new natural response, the new default setting. That's the point here. Now, I'm going to read this from the First Nations translation, First Nations version. This is um, written from the indigenous uh, people's perspective. Beautiful translation, but listen how this one says it. I love this. Let the chosen one guide you. Could you close that door, Russ? Let the chosen one guide you on the path of peace and harmony. And then, as his one body, this peace will be guiding light in your hearts as you give thanks to the great spirit. When does it happen? As we give thanks. If you want to have a sense of connection, choose thankfulness and watch how that changes your mind. Hence the Anthony Robbins quote at the very beginning. If your focus is there, then you're going to benefit and reap good things. But I love this. It keeps going. I love the title. The subtitle is Dancing Our Prayers. <laughs> I love this. Let the message of the chosen one become a deep, watering hole inside you. It will then become a refreshing spring as you teach and guide one another with wisdom and understanding. I like this one another business. It doesn't say there's a pastor in that group who does it. We do this together. We encourage one another. Just so you know. You will sing traditional prayers, sacred chants, and spiritual songs as you dance your prayers before the great spirit with glad and thankful hearts. Oh, no amens? Fine. <laughs> I got Baptist roots. We weren't allowed to dance. <laughs> I love it. Um, that's why they said sex before marriage was wrong because it leads to dancing. Anyway, every step taken and each word, <laughs> you just got that. <laughs> I love you, Elizabeth. <laughs> Every step taken and each word spoken should be done to represent our honored chief creator sets free, Jesus. As you dance your prayers and give thanks through him to our father, the creator. Huh. That's a lot. Three different translations. Can you see the overlap? I hope so. I grew up with a New American Standard Bible or King James, and that's, that's all I heard. And it was fine, you know, I had to understand it. But the more it becomes explained. By the way, what do you think a sermon is? The text explained. Hence, translations can become that as a resource. Never stick with just one, ever. Colossians 4.2 in the message Pray diligently. Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. Don't forget to pray for us. That God will open doors for telling the mystery of Christ. Even while I'm locked up in this jail, pray that every time I open my mouth, I'll be able to make Christ plain as day to them. Hmm. Pray diligently. Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. That gratitude just sneaks its little way in each time. 
It's really hard to have an attitude of thankfulness and gratitude and be angry at the same time. I've yet to see it. First Nations translation says this, never give up praying. When you send your voice to the great spirit, stay alert and never give up praying and giving thanks. Some folks have asked, well, if God knows everything that's gonna happen, why bother praying? What's the point of prayer? We're gonna cover that probably this fall or in the spring. Um, but the short answer is we do it because we're participants in the body of Christ. We're called to and commanded to whether we understand it all or not. And praying doesn't mean closing your eyes, folding your hands, bowing your head. It doesn't mean kneeling and praying and bowing. It, doesn't, it can look like that, but praying is from spirit to spirit. That's where our prayer comes from. And if anybody's modeled prayer really well, it's, it's David. David in all the Psalms, because he didn't do pretty little prayers. He said, dear God, take their heads off. Kill their families. I'm ticked off. They're coming after me. Just wipe them out. Oh, fine. Bless them. Okay, thank you for all you've done. Oh, my goodness, God. Thank you for taking care of me. Bless you. And that's how the Psalms tend to go through. It's a quick vent. Oh, figure it out. Okay, got it. There's a lesson for us to learn there. It gives us the permission to not feel like we're sinning or doing wrong, because that's an overthought concept, that we're, when we're frustrated and venting to God, he's the one who can handle it. We're allowed to be frustrated in the place of not understanding, because it's the journey of understanding we walk through. It's okay to have questions, not have all the answers. Doubt is not a sin. It's a gift because something's being prompted. You want to understand more. And who's the source of wanting to understand more? Jesus. So let that process happen. Don't look down on anybody who is asking. Keep us in your thoughts and prayers also. Oh, that's where thoughts and prayers comes from. Just kidding. <laughs> you guys get it? Thoughts and Okay, good. Right. Wasn't sure. Keep us in your thoughts and prayers also. Ask creator to open the way of our message to be heard. You're getting clear instruction in these translations. We are called to pray. Find your way. I don't know how to pray. Then just be silent. Great prayer happens in silence. And I would clearly make known the mystery of the chosen one, for it is this reason that I have been captured and put into chains. Use great wisdom as you walk among those who are not yet part of the sacred family. And make full use of every opportunity as you represent our honored chief. Think before you speak. Oh, what a concept. And let your words be clear. Then, like salt that brings out the good flavor, you will know how to give each person the right answer. Now, People have used this verse to clobber other people, telling them they're wrong because they believe differently. That's not what this is saying. There are times we need to be quiet. And just because you think you have an answer, it may not be the right answer. It may be a very unloving answer. This requires wisdom. Hence, all of this coming from a place of gratitude so that it's about the person you're with too. 
Not you have Jesus there, that never goes away. But it's preparing us how to love each other. That's what all this is for. It's for your benefit. We're done. Could you bring me to the very last slide of uh, what's going to come next week? Uh, Because I don't want them to see all the slides I didn't get through. Oh, did I have many left? Oh, good, good. Yes, that means I'll have reasonable time next week. (laughs) Love it. Nope, back. Yep, good. Giving thanks. An act we do. Or a response from the love in us already. However you find a way to get to the place of being thankful. Sometimes somebody else's story can inspire you and realize, wow, I've got it good. I am truly blessed. Don't look at your own needs. Look at the needs of others. (laughs) And let the love of Christ guide you. I love in one of the songs that we sang earlier, it was talking about listening to the Spirit of God. Not paper rules or written down rules. It's about the Spirit of Christ who will guide you into truth. Hmm. Nothing else? Learn to hear the voice of Jesus in you. That's the best guide and teacher you have. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray you reveal your grace to us. All that you've given us and done for us, and done to us, and who we are in, and have access to all of the goodness and fullness of God. Oh boy, it's so easy to forget all that. We already have been given everything we need for living a godly life. We have it, but many of us don't recognize it or are aware of it. So wake us up to the revelation of your grace and love to the revelation of the reconciliation that has taken place. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.